5: The Greatest Radio Shows of All Time
6: Suspense! The Shadow Node Washington Calling David Harding, Counterspy
5: Classic
7: Radio Theater
8: The Great Gildersleeve Paper McGee and Molly Dragnet Gunsmoke The Lone Ranger
5: Now, step back into our time machine with your host, Wyatt Cox
8: Good evening, friends of the
1: Inner Sanctum
9: well, Jello again—an episode of the Jack Benny program—as the IRS comes back and checks out Jack's tax return and tries to get more information, and and they get the uh, they get the Coleman's involved in this. This episode of the Jack Benny show goes back to April fifteenth, nineteen fifty-one.
1: The Jack Benny program. With Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson And now, ladies and gentlemen, let's go out to Jack Bunny's house in Beverly Hills On this beautiful day, we find Jack and the gang in the backyard practicing archery
7: uh, do I hold the bow like this, Jack?
4: Yes, Mary. Now pull the string all the way back. That's it. Now take aim. Let go.
10: <laughs> Say.
4: Hey, that was pretty good, Mary. Not bad. You know, you only missed the bullseye by three inches. Yeah, that's pretty good, Liv. Now it's my turn. Stand back a little, Mary. You too, Phil. Watch me hit the bullseye. Here I go. <laughs> Target. <laughs> Nobody move them target, chief You just stink them
10: <laughs>
7: Oh stop
4: Now hand me Hand me another arrow Mary Here you are Now stand aside everybody Here I go <laughs> Ow Ow <laughs> Hey what happened
7: The arrow fell out And he got his head Caught in the bow. <laughs>
4: Well, if you kid would stop bothering me, I can hit that target at a hundred yards. I'm an expert marksman.
7: Some marksman. You have to put a bombsite on your finger to dial a phone.
4: Bombsite, bombsite. <laughs> now, if you'll cut out the talking, I'll show you that I can do it. Ready? Aim. Good luck, Mr. Benny. Dennis, be quiet. Now, everybody, be quiet. 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 Yeah. Ready? Aim. what? Dennis, please. Now, if everybody will shut up, I'll show you. Phil, get away from in front of that target. What, and get hit?
10: <laughs>
4: now, don't be funny and stand aside. Ready? Aim. Oh, Mr. Benny, would you let Mary hold your bow and arrow for a minute? What for? I want to bend over and tie my shoelace. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not aiming at you Now stand back, everybody And give me room Ready Aim Hi, everybody Hey, hmm. little Hi. Donzo. Hi, Nothing but interruptions I'm trying to get a bullseye You couldn't get a bullseye If you were Elsie the cow <laughs> Well, that's a clever remark
10: <laughs>
4: I didn't know they sold jokes in bottles <laughs> Yeah, you can get them in a pinch Now cut that <laughs> And since you're such a wise guy, Phil I'll bet you a dime that I can take this bow and arrow And shoot an apple off Don Wilson's head Now put up or shut up Hey, wait a minute Okay, Jackson, it's a bet Now, just a second Here's my dime Here's my dime Okay Here, Mary, you hold the money
7: Gee, and I'm not even bonded Just hold it
4: Now, Don, take this apple Now, wait a minute, Jack I'm not going to stand here with an apple on my head and take the check. John, Phil and I are betting What have you got to
10: lose?
4: (laughs) Huh? It's too dangerous I'm not going to do it Don, have you read your contract? On page 12, volume 6, paragraph 3, is the apple shooting clause. (laughs) Which also includes tasting my food when I go to NBC
10: banquets.
4: (laughs) Now, Don, put that apple on your head and go stand by that tree. Oh, all right. Now watch this, Phil Ready, aim Don Don, would you mind Turning that apple around a little? Why? There's a worm Peeking out at me It makes me nervous I think he's peeking On a worm You can't tell One end from the other They had the same trouble With me when I was born They did not Then why did the doctor Slap my face? I don't know I don't know But I'm sure He had a good reason (laughs) Now quiet everybody And Don Stand perfectly still So the apple Won't fall off your head Jack I'm not Going to stand here Don put that apple Back on Oh all right And put it in the middle Of your head Don't try to look sporty (laughs) Okay, now, watch this, kids. Ready, aim. What happened?
7: Uh, The arrow went right through a window in your house.
4: Oh, my goodness. Rochester, Rochester, where are you? I'm in here, boss, in the den. Well, thank heaven. Well, I'm calling you. Why don't you come out? I can't. I'm pinned to the wall. (laughs) of the wall Rochester Oh, it's
1: all right, boss It only went through my sleeve
4: Oh, then let me Wait a minute Why have you got the phone in your hand? When I saw the arrow coming, I dialed for his lawn. <laughs> Oh, stop Now hold still, Rochester while I pull the arrow out of the wall <clears throat> There Well, Mr. Benny Mr. Benny Now, what do you want? Do you mind if I tell you something? No, what? If they made me a king I'd still be a slave to you <laughs> Well, that certainly came out of left field. (laughs) What made you say that? Well, that's the first line of the song I'm going to sing on the program. Do you want to hear it before I go home? Yes, if you promise to go home right afterwards. (laughs) Okay.
9: (laughs) And while Dennis sings, we take a break. April 15th, 1951, Jack Benny on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox
0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Thank you for tuning in to
9: Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now more of Jack Benny. April 15th, 1951.
4: Uh... That was very good, Dennis. Very good. But when you do it on the show, I want you to... <laughs> <laughs> well, it... Kept his promise, he went home (laughs) Sometimes that... If that's Dennis again, I'm gonna fire him If they made me a king, I'd still be a... Ah, Eh, I better keep him, I'm (laughs) a baritone Oh... Oh, oh, it's
6: you, Mr... Mr... Collins, Joseph Collins from the Office of the Collector of Internal Revenue. And uh, you remember my assistant, Herbert Thompson? Yes, yes. Uh,
4: How do you do? How do you do? (laughs) Come come right in, gentlemen. Uh, Sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I I didn't expect to see you fellas again. I thought we settled my income tax problem last week. So did we, Mr. Benny.
6: But the Department of Internal Revenue still feels that you're not taking full advantage of your legal deductions. We want to be fair with you. Fair with me?
1: Yes, we still feel that any man who earned as much as you did last year must have spent more than $17 on entertainment.
4: (laughs) Well, that's... All I spent, $17. That's what we told the head of our department, but
1: he just wouldn't believe it. So uh, he called the chief of the Federal Income Tax Bureau here in California and explained it to him. Oh, and what did the the chief do?
6: He called Washington, (laughs) D.C. And what did Washington do? They're throwing the whole thing into the U.N. (laughs)
4: I I never thought that I'd become an international issue here.
1: Well, now, Mr. Benny, and please believe us, yours is such a unique case that we're very anxious to help you. I know, I know. Well, now, you've listed an item here, taking Mr. and Mrs. Ronald Coleman to the Macambo, and you spent
6: $3.90. I took Miss Livingston, too. And you only spent $3.90? Are you sure? Well, I, I can't remember spending any more. Well, perhaps if we talk to Mr. Coleman, he might remember the incident. Well, he might recall something about
4: it. I don't know. He lives right next door. Oh, know? good, good. We'll drop over to see him.
3: Well,
6: goodbye, Mr. Good Benny. Door, Mr.
4: Benny. Goodbye, gentlemen.
6: It's mm. unbelievable, Herb. Unbelievable.
1: In all the years I've been with the Internal Revenue Department,
6: I've never come across anything like this. And you? Only once I checked over a man's return And for that year He only spent $22 on entertainment Was he in show business? No, he was a prisoner at San Quentin Oh <laughs> In solitary yet <laughs> Oh, say, that must be the Coleman's house over there Oh, yes I wonder if they're home mm-hmm.
12: Shall I fill your cup again, Ronnie?
2: Yes, please, Benita. Uh, Lemon or cream? Uh,
10: Cream. One lump or two?
2: Two. You know, Benita, some people drink this hadakal straight...
12: Change clothes. We have to have dinner, and the picture starts at.
2: Uh, I'll see who it is. Now, where's my? Oh, here it is.
12: Oh, Ronnie, why do you always take a pen along? They may not even want your autograph. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe you're right, darling. Coming.
6: Yes. Are you Mr. Ronald Coleman? Yes, I am. Well, we're from the office of the Collector of Internal Revenue. Yip. <laughs> Now, calm down, Mr. Coleman. It's not in reference to you that we're here. It's uh, concerning
1: the income tax return of your neighbor, Jack Benny. Good, good.
6: (laughs) I. I'm afraid you don't understand. You see, last year Mr. Benny earned three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Yes, and according to his return, he spent seventeen dollars for entertainment. That much? <laughs> but Mr. Coleman,
2: only seventeen dollars. Well, why would he have to spend more? He borrows everything from us. Well, uh, we'd like to come in and talk to you. Oh, of course, of course. Come right in.
10: Who is it, Ronnie?
2: Uh, it's two men from the income tax department.
10: Like!
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, darling, no. It's, uh, it's not about us. Right this way, gentlemen.
6: Uh, this is Mrs. Coleman. Pleased to meet you. How do you do? I'm Joseph Collins, and this is my assistant, Herbert Thompson.
2: Well, how do you do? Now, when are you sending Mr. Benny to jail?
6: <laughs> no, no, Mr. Coleman. There's nothing wrong with Mr. Benny's tax return. In fact, it's just the other way around. We don't think he's being fair to himself.
1: What? We're sure we can get him a refund, but Mr. Benny doesn't seem to be interested in getting any money back.
2: I see. Uh... Benita, I'll humor them. You look in the paper and see where they've escaped from.
1: Now, Mr. Coleman, we hate to bother you, but uh, Mr. Benny has an item we'd like to talk to you about. Uh, this one right here. $3.90 for taking you and Mrs. Coleman to the Macambo. Do you recall that
2: night? Mr. Collins, that and the time the garbage truck turned over on our front lawn are two incidents that are burned in my memory. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, just to satisfy our curiosity, would you mind describing
1: that evening to us? You see, we'd like to know how anyone could take a party of four to the
2: Macambo and only spend $3.90. Well, perhaps I can enlighten you. It was early last year and Jack had invited us to the (coughs) Macambo. The evening started off normally enough. As a matter of fact, we danced a while before ordering dinner.
7: I enjoyed dancing with you, Ronnie. Oh,
2: thank you, Mary, but the pleasure is mine. Uh, here, let me help you with the chair.
4: Gosh, Benita, it was wonderful dancing with you. Well,
12: thank you, Jack.
4: I never enjoyed waltzing so much.
12: Yes. It's a shame the band was playing a rumba.
10: <laughs>
4: oh, I... I hadn't noticed. Well, there they go again. Would you care for another dance, Benita?
12: Well, all right.
4: Uh, Mary... Would you like to dance again?
7: No, thanks. I'm a little tired. I've been on my feet all day. On your feet? Yes, it's Saturday. I still help out at the May Company.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, then we'll just sit here and talk.
7: Uh, Say, Ronnie, uh, do you mind if I ask you something personal? Personal? Yes, I keep hearing rumors that... Well, that you don't like Jack too much.
2: Well... um... Oh,
7: I know he has his faults, but... But he means well.
2: Well, maybe so. But why can't he mean well to somebody else? (laughs) If it were Jack alone, it might not be so bad. But it's those ridiculous people that are on the show with you.
7: What do you mean?
2: Well, that Phil Harris person. It's amazing the character he portrays on the radio. Does he carry on like that in real life?
7: Uh, Shall we look under the table and see?
2: Oh, come now, Mary. (laughs) You're making that up.
7: Yes, but the odds are in my favor. Maybe I just didn't guess the right table. But, you know, he isn't a bad fellow.
4: Gee, Benita, you really are a swell dancer.
12: Well, maybe it's because I'm so fond of dancing.
4: You must be. Whoops! Oh, I'm sorry, Benita. I, I didn't mean to step on your toe. Did it hurt?
12: No. Thank heavens you're wearing tennis shoes
4: (laughs) Well, I like them, they're so comfy, you
12: know Oh, Jack, wait a second You'd better get your handkerchief I accidentally smeared some lipstick on your lapel
4: Oh, that's all right, I'll wipe it off when we get to the table
12: No, 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 if Ronnie sees it, he'll be terribly angry
4: Oh, I didn't know Ronnie was jealous
12: He's not, but it's his tuxedo (laughs) Oh,
4: I thought Rochester returned it
12: Uh, Did you enjoy the dance, Benita? Yes, it was uh, interesting.
4: (laughs) Here, Benita, let me pull your chair out for you. Oops. (laughs) Pulled it too far.
2: (laughs) Here, Benita, I'll help you up. Uh, Darling, did you hurt yourself?
12: No,
4: no, it's all right. Just a little accident. Uh,
7: Jack, why don't you get us some menus? We want to order dinner.
4: Certainly. A waiter... Waiter
7: Uh,
4: We want to order Shall I bring you a finger bowl? A finger bowl? Well, you're not going to eat with those dirty hands, are you? (laughs) Now, wait a minute Why is it that I always have trouble with you? Every time I run into you, there's an argument What have you got against me? Well in the first...
10: Place. I'm asking him! <laughs> um,
7: Jack, forget it. Waiter, uh, please give us a menu. Here
4: uh, you are. Thank, uh, thank you. you. Now, let's see. What are you going to have, Benita?
12: I think I'll have um shrimp cocktail, roast beef rare, and a baked potato.
4: Uh, very good, madam.
7: Uh, I think I'll have a Caesar salad, broiled lobster, and some broccoli. Uh,
6: yes, madam.
2: I'll have some consomme, lamb chops medium rare, and green peas. Uh, yes, sir.
6: Now, how about you, Arthur Murray?
4: I don't know yet. I'm still looking at the menu. Let's see. Shrimp cocktail, a dollar. Soup, 85 cents. Caesar salad, a dollar fifty. Roast chicken, two seventy-five. Filet mignon. Whoops!
10: (laughs)
7: For heaven's sake, Jack! Order something, anything.
4: Well, all right. I'll have some oysters. Uh, yes, sir. half dozen or a dozen. A dozen. Fried or on the half shell. On the half shell. A blue point or Olympia. Blue point. Male or
10: female?
0: <laughs>
4: Wait, how can you tell if an oyster is male or female?
0: We look at their driver's license. I knew you'd ask. <laughs>
4: And bring us our food Oh, all right Uh,
12: By the way, Jack You still haven't told us the reason For this little party
4: Well, this marks, uh, Benita, This marks the 19th anniversary Of my first appearance on radio Imagine
9: 19
4: years Ah, how time flies. It's certainly dragging its
2: feet tonight. <laughs> yes, what?
9: We'll hear more of Jack's Party, April fifteenth, nineteen fifty-one, the Jack Benny program on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. The conclusion follows these messages from your favorite radio station. just when you thought it couldn't get any better. Mike Lindell and MyPillow launching the MyPillow 2.0. Now when Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could want in a pillow. Now nearly 20 years later, he's discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. Of course, the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow. But now with brand new fabric with a temperature-regulating thread, it's the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free offer with my promo code WYATT. MyPillow 2.0 is 100% made in the USA, 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free offer. Use my promo code Wyatt or call 1-800-928-4715. Thanks for tuning in to Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now the conclusion of the Jack Benny program, April 15th, 1951. As the Coleman's recount for the IRS people, an engagement that Jack Benny went with them. And and yeah, let's listen to the rest of this. This is bizarre. (laughs) What'd you say, Ronnie?
12: Uh, Jack, do you still enjoy doing radio? I mean, after all these years.
4: Yes, yes, Benita, very much. You know something, Jack? I've
2: never told you this, but I heard the very first radio program you ever did.
4: Gee, Ronnie, I didn't know you were such a fan of mine. You listened to the very first program I did? Yes. How have they been since then? (laughs) Oh, they... uh Uh-huh. Ronnie, you mean to say that you haven't listened to me since then? In 19 years? Well, Jack, you see, it's like this. We're out every Sunday. But how can you find places to go every Sunday? It isn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine. But then if you go out, you must listen to the radio in your car.
12: Oh, we do, Jack, we do.
4: Oh, well, what's your favorite program? The Halls of Ivy. Oh, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Very good. I have friends on it. Well, here comes our food.
2: Would any of you like dessert with your coffee? Not me. Nothing for me, thanks. Well, I might as well get the check. No, no, no. Wait a minute, Jack. I'd like to pay the check. No, no, Ronnie. I wouldn't think of letting you. After all, it's my party. Oh, I know, Jack, but I'd feel better if you let me pay... And I'm sure you would, too
4: <laughs> No, no, Ronnie, I insist I invited you, so it's my part. No, no, I tell you what, Jack Let's split the check Well, it's okay with me, Ronnie, but do You think it would be fair to Mary and Benita? <laughs>
12: uh, Mary, did you hear that? Why do
7: you think I'm working Saturdays at the May Company?
4: <laughs> I heard you, Mary, and I'm taking the check Oh, waiter, waiter, I want to pay the check Yeah, I know, I heard you well, why don't you hand it to me? The photographer isn't ready yet.
10: <laughs>
4: now, that'll be enough out of you. You better be... You are better off pay more attention to your job. Some waiter. Look at the tablecloth and napkin. I've never seen such dirty linen. Will you do them for us, Wong Fu? That's beside the point. I've never seen such a rude, impertinent waiter in all my life. I've got a good mind. Don't you stamp your tennis shoes at me! (laughs) Well, I've taken about all I intend from you. I'm going to get satisfaction even if I have to take you out in the back alley and thrash you to within an inch of your life. Jack! Jack! Let me alone, Mary. I'm going to show this guy once and for all that he can't get away.
6: And Mr. Coleman... That was the evening you spent with Mr. Benny at the Macombo?
2: Unfortunately, yes. But with all the food you ordered, it must have amounted to quite a bit. Yes, it was about $40. I know, because I finally paid the check. Oh.
6: (laughs) Well, now, wait a minute. Well, how come Mr. Benny's deducting $3.90 on his income tax for that night?
2: Well, that was for cleaning my tuxedo he was wearing. (laughs) He got punched in the nose and knocked down. (coughs) Who punched him? Waiter. No, Mary. She's a lovely girl. Hello,
4: <laughs> Good night, everybody.
1: The Jack Benny program is heard by our armed forces overseas through the facilities of the armed forces radio service. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. April fifteenth,
9: 1951, Jack Benny here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. Now let's check in with Claudia and David, a soap opera sponsored by Coca Cola that was really just a continuing serial and not so much soapy, if you catch my drift. Uh, This episode originally broadcast April 15th, 1948.
8: Your Coca Cola Bottler presents Claudia. Based on the famous play and novels by Rose Franken, brought to you transcribed Monday through Friday by your friendly neighbor who bottles Coca-Cola. Relax and while you're listening, refresh yourself. Have a Coke. And now, Claudia. La
5: la 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 David, what time will we leave for Eastbrook tomorrow?
3: I have to be in the office all day, but I'll try to get through early so we can get up there before dark.
5: Oh, I've never seen Eastbrook in the dark.
3: It's just the way it is in the bright, except you can't see it.
5: That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Only I can't imagine, will it be very quiet and still, or...
3: Oh, it'll be shouting tomorrow night. What'll be? Frogs and crickets.
5: In April, already?
3: This April they will be. They'll be shouting. Welcome to Eastbrook, Mr. <coughs> and Mrs. Norton. Very. <laughs>
5: What about the birds? Aren't they going to say anything?
3: The birds? Oh, of course. The birds will say, uh,
5: "That's lovely." What does it mean, David?
3: Means? What well, I'm saying. Uh, we're all very glad to see.
5: you. Oh, and another is saying, "Glad you weren't a thrush to get here."
3: <laughs> <laughs> and the biggest and wisest bird of all is saying, "What a lark! What
6: a lark! <laughs> what a lark!" Oh, darling.
3: Seriously. Now that the times come. How do you feel about it?
5: Well, it's sort of going to be like beginning all over again, isn't it? And I've never hoed a field before, or milked a cow, or... What other animals are we going to have? Chicken?
3: Oh, of course. Pigs? Sows. Sows what? A sow, Mrs. Norton, is a female pig.
5: It is? Mm -hmm. I mean, she is? Mm -hmm. What do you know? Say, David, you know animals are amazing. There's a female for every kind.
3: What's so amazing about that?
5: I mean, the name is different. A cow and a bull, a hen and a rooster, a sow and a pig. A boar? Who's a boar? A
3: male pig. He is? Why? That's what he's called. Well, that's
5: not very nice. Does the sow think he's a boar, too?
3: You'll have to ask her. I will. Uh, Darling, before you do, he's spelled B-O-A-R, not B-O-R-E.
5: Oh, why didn't you say so? I just did. Then there's a mare and a horse. Stallion. Stallion? What's a stallion?
3: A male horse.
5: You see what I mean? I thought he was just a horse. It's much more complicated than people. We're only men and women.
3: boys and girls and spinsters and bachelors and aunts well, and... Well, somehow
5: it's, it's not as complicated.
3: Ask any horse. He'll tell you it's much more complicated.
5: Nope, he'll say nay, nay.
3: Ooh. And now and then I fear me that uh, nature is going to have uh, a terrible influence on
5: you. Well, we'll soon find out. And from now on, I'm going to look ahead, never back.
3: Darling, you're not afraid to look back, are you?
5: I... That's the phone.
3: Saved by the bell. (laughs) Who do you suppose? Mama. Uh,
5: Ah, that's my line. Besides, it isn't she's too busy packing to call us. (laughs) David, you were sweet to convince her to come with us.
3: I am as sweet as sugar.
5: Mm. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Norton. What would you say? Mrs. Lansing. Oh, you mean Patricia Lansing's mother? Well, hello.
3: Who's Patricia Lansing?
5: She was in dramatic school with me. Tonight, at the Circle Theater.
3: What about the Circle Theater?
5: Well, that's wonderful. I didn't know she was in a play.
3: Patricia's at the Circle Theater tonight?
5: And there are two tickets for us at the box office. Well, that's very sweet of you, but Take we...
3: them, take them, take them.
5: But I don't think I want to well, go Of
3: course there. you do, darling. You know you love the theater, the... Opening nights especially.
5: Well, well, hello, Mrs. Lansing. I I guess we can go after all. They'll be in the box office in our name. Well, thank you. Oh, yes, of course, we'll see you backstage afterwards. Goodbye. Oh, and and wish Pat good luck for me, would you? Pat has the New lead in Strange Harbor opening tonight. Funny I didn't know anything about it.
3: With everything you've had to do, it's no wonder. When
5: we were at dramatic school... Pat and I used to audition for the same part.
3: And I'll bet you won every time.
5: (laughs) I wish I had.
3: Oh. Well, darling, if we're going to make the curtain, we'd better hurry.
5: Yeah, I suppose we have.
3: We have about 25 minutes to get there. We have to dress. That doesn't leave us much time.
5: This is the last thing on earth I expected tonight. I thought you and I would... I
3: think it's a perfect way of celebrating our last evening in New York. Because an opening night in New York, well, it's... It's New York at its best. It will leave a last delicious parting taste.
5: Oh, darling, I'd never forget how it tastes.
3: Well, that was a pretty exciting play, don't you oh, think?
5: David, is there anything as exciting as when the light's dim and the audience quiet and the curtain goes off? I could feel the blood pounding in my ears. If it had been me instead of Pat, I I would have been so nervous. I just could never have gotten from the wings onto the stage.
3: (laughs) Oh, you'd have made it. No, I wouldn't have. Well, we're out of the mob anyway. Now, how do we get to the backstage entrance?
5: You want to go backstage? Yeah, don't you? Oh, I I don't think so.
3: Why not? It's the least we can do after Pat's given us the tickets.
5: Well, I'll I'll write her a note in the morning. Unless you really want... Didn't you know
3: I was a frustrated stage door Johnny?
5: (laughs) I knew Maybe that's why you married me. (laughs) You stole me right out of dramatic school, remember?
3: And what the theater lost, I gained. (laughs) I shouldn't think the theater would ever forgive me. The
5: theater doesn't even know the
3: difference. Poor thing.
5: I remember we rehearsed a play here once. Stage is very deep, and the dressing rooms are lovely.
3: I love backstage.
5: Oh, so do I. I think it's the most exciting place in the world. Oh, David, there'll be mobs, and Pat won't really know whether we've come back or not. I suppose she'll go to Hollywood. Funny, when we were at dramatic school together, we used to kid about it, and we were going to be roommates.
3: (laughs) Now, I'm your roommate, so I wish you wouldn't look so sad about it. I'm glad. Now, here we are.
11: Come in, whoever you are. I'm just changing, but you can come in. It's only us, Pat. We came to... Oh, Claudia, you darling. I'm so glad you came back. Pat, this is my husband, David Norton. Oh, Mr. Norton. Oh, may I call you David? Hello.
3: David, by all means.
11: You were wonderful tonight. You were just wonderful. Oh, was I? I was scared to death. I thought I'd lose my voice and forget all my lines, but (laughs) once I got on the stage, it was as though I'd always been there.
3: I really thought you were excellent, Pat. It was a very strong part to start out on, wasn't it?
11: Just one of those lucky things. The girl I had got sick in Boston, so I got the part. Well, you
5: certainly deserved it. I never
11: expected to be able to do it, but, well, I had the most wonderful director. You know, Claudia, the day I read the part for the first time, I said to myself, this would be just perfect for Claudia Brown. Oh, don't
5: be silly. I never
11: could have done it. You always used to beat me to Leeds in dramatic school, remember? Oh, the producer's giving a big party in about a half hour. Would you like to come? Oh, we, we'd love to,
5: but we, we couldn't, Pat. We're moving to the country tomorrow, and... We better go now, hadn't we, David? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Goodbye, Pat.
3: Goodbye, Pat. Lots of luck.
5: And thanks
11: millions for the ticket. Oh, well, it's been such a rush, but I remembered this afternoon, and I just felt you had to be here, Claudia. Goodbye, darling. Goodbye. Call me sometime, darling, or drop into a matinee, and we'll have a long chat. I will. Goodbye.
3: Good night, Pat.
11: Oh, I'm so glad you liked me in the part. It's been the most thrilling evening. I just thought I'd die when the curtain went up. He hasn't
5: changed at all
3: no what uh what did you expect
5: i don't know just what i did expect i just thought that when a person had an opening night playing me as a new lead in a play that's going to be a hit that all of a sudden you look different and act different and and just are different
3: (laughs) that's uh that's also what people who aren't married think happens to people who get married (laughs) Here we are. Be uh, be careful that step, darling. Yeah. Well, David, was she very beautiful? I'll let you know a little secret. I like you better.
5: You do? But you wouldn't you like me better if I were glamorous, and going to be a big success, Broadway star?
3: Mmm, darling, I, I wouldn't like you better. Maybe even not as well.
5: Pat was a big hit, wasn't she?
3: Oh, I dare say she'll be off to Hollywood before I get the summer corn planted.
5: That's a funny comparison. <laughs> or is it? So much can happen overnight. Overnight, Pat's become a star. And overnight we're moving to a farm in Eastbrook, Connecticut.
3: Would you like to trade places?
5: Oh, I I couldn't possibly have played that part tonight.
3: Pat seemed to think he could have.
5: Maybe once, but not anymore. I just don't think I could act anymore. It doesn't matter. I don't think... I don't have to think about it anymore, either. Only I... Only what? Only nothing. Oh, I like walking in New York at night. You know, darling, I...
3: I feel just the way you do.
5: How do you feel?
3: Do you think I'm not going to miss New York at night? All the lights. Look at it, Broadway. All the excitement and crowds. Do you think sometimes I, I'm not going to say to myself, David Naughton, what on earth are you doing up here in Eastbrook? I wish I were walking down First Avenue listening to the tugboats or driving along Fifth Avenue... Seeing New York stretched out against the sky like a a brilliant etching. I almost
5: didn't want to go to the theater tonight. I almost couldn't face it.
3: I know. That's why I wanted you to go. That why? Darling, you mustn't be afraid to look back. All that's been isn't over. We don't have to say goodbye to it. Just take it with you and you can taste it whenever you want to.
5: That's easier said than done.
3: Of course it is. Or we'd... uh... Never have to say it.
5: (laughs) Earlier, when you asked me if I was afraid about moving up to Eastbrook tomorrow, I couldn't even answer, David. Now I can. I'm afraid. (laughs) That's good. Is
10: it good?
3: Mm -hmm. Because I don't feel like such a sissy.
10: You? (laughs) Sissy?
3: (laughs) (laughs) You'd be surprised how big a one.
5: David, listen to the people. The cads and all of New York. Tomorrow we'll be hearing of frogs and crickets and birds. David, I wouldn't trade places with Pat for the world. Because now I can't wait for tomorrow.
8: Many years have passed since the friendly greeting, Have a Coke, was first exchanged. Today, it's become a national and international byword for easy hospitality. And in all that time, the quality of Coca-Cola has never varied. Coke still brings you the pause that refreshes for the refreshingly low price of just five cents.
11: Mr. King, were you at the opening night?
8: I certainly was. And I think you were grand, Miss Lansy.
11: Oh, thank you.
8: I predict a great future for you.
11: You do? Oh, I'm so excited. I can hardly bear to think about it. You
8: and Claudia were very good friends, weren't you?
11: Oh, the closest friends. We made all our plans together. It's sort of strange now, thinking of Claudia being married, going to have a baby and moving to a farm tomorrow.
8: Claudia's not quite used to the idea herself, but I think she likes it.
11: Oh, I don't blame her. Sounds wonderful. Really wonderful.
8: Well, tomorrow's the big day.
11: Oh, I wish them everything that they want.
8: We all wish them that.
11: And tomorrow's their opening night on a farm. I'll keep my fingers crossed for them. Good night, Joe. Good
8: night, Pat and congratulations and as I was about to say every day Monday through Friday Claudia comes to you transcribed with the best wishes of your friendly neighbor who bottles coca-cola so listen again tomorrow at the same time and now this is Joe King saying au revoir and remember whoever you are whatever you do wherever you may be when you think of refreshment think of coca-cola For Coca-Cola makes any pause, the pause that refreshes. And ice-cold Coca-Cola is everywhere. This broadcast of Claudia was supervised and directed by William
9: Brown Maloney. We have a lot of the episodes of Claudia, and we will run them from time to time. But I have to tell you that it's such a very sweet show and such a kind-hearted show. That, as I said, I hesitate to call it a soap opera. More of a continuing drama. And it is a sweet, sweet show. Claudia from April fifteenth, 1948, here on Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox. May I take a moment to thank our friend Ted over at RadioMemories.com. No, this is not one of the shows that Ted got us. But Ted provides shows on cassette, CD, or flash drive for your computer, and he provides them in an audio quality that's really outstanding. Check in with Ted at RadioMemories.com. That is RadioMemories.com. I also want to take a moment to thank these radio stations, ask you to support this station, support their advertisers. It's their kindness and courtesy that allow us to be with you each and every time you roll around here on your favorite station. If you miss a day, you don't have to miss a single of the 21 hours a week of classic radio theater we uh, produce. And they're not all on this radio station. I wish they were, but, you know, stations, uh, we appreciate what time they have us on. But uh, if you miss one, uh, if you're not around for it, or if they carry sports or something else, you can hear them all at ClassicRadio.Stream. Go there. You can stream our shows on demand or learn how to download the shows. You can also find our social media links there. You can also uh, learn about building a Classic Radio collection of your own. And if you'd see so inclined to support us uh, financially, you can buy me a coffee. That buy me a coffee money goes toward us acquiring additional classic radio collections and maintaining our distribution channels. ClassicRadio.Stream is the webpage. ClassicRadio.Stream. Thanks for tuning in. Tell all of your friends the greatest radio shows of all time are right here at this spot on the dial. Classic Radio Theater with Wyatt Cox on your favorite radio station.